listener. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yolukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's so funny when you say hello, we, we both just go. <laughs> yeah, like. There's nothing to We've giggle. said hello before yeah. the mics were on, guys. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I want to start with a Harvey update because I know the last time I did a Harvey update, I spoke about the fact that he was a big boy now mm-hmm. and we took down the wall of his cot and he was, you know, being all independent and shit. Almost, <laughs> almost ready for a blanket. <laughs> almost. We've put the wall back up. We've put the cot, the cot cages back up. <laughs> He's back in his cage. <laughs> back in his cage. Now, by and the time be, this episode comes stand down. by for next kick bump episode, the wall has been removed. <laughs> but the one after that. But the funny thing is, like, obviously we record a little bit in advance. So, and, and things, as anyone listening with kids know, especially toddlers, things change overnight. Mm. So, like, it's very likely that the next time you hear from me, the wall, the will, wall be will be back down. Yeah. <laughs> but basically it got to a point where Josh had just <laughs> so I don't know what to call it. Like, it's like all right, Donald edge, Trump. Cut. Why are you building a wall? It sounds yeah. aggressive. Um, but Josh had just, because obviously Josh is the one that's with him all day. Mm. So as much as I can be like, no, it's just a phase. He's got to get through it and get used to it. I kind of had to sit back and be like, you know what? You're the one that has to deal with it all day, yep. not me. It's much easier for me to say that. I'll let so you make that call. I will tell you my opinion, <laughs> but you can make the final call, Yeah, um, which is what good. I did, basically. Um, I said, look, I don't agree with it, but you do. <laughs> so what he did was Josh put the wall back up. He also started putting his suit on backwards so that he can't unzip it. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you trapped him like in a cage in a stray jacket. <laughs> it actually sounds like that, doesn't it? No, but this is something that we learned from my friend. So I'm no, I'm not the only one who does this. But she, the other, like we were away and she was zipping hers backwards, and I was like, "Oh, you put it on backwards." He's like, "Yeah, he's, he's been taking it off, so this way it stays on." Yeah, I'm just like, let oh, me get the ropes. Hang on, on. <laughs> just gonna tie it real tight. Anyway, oh, I funny. haven't been doing it because what I did love was that stage when he was climbing out or when the wall wasn't down, just walking out. Mm. Um, he was like coming down in the morning and like helping himself down the stairs. And it, I just, I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was so special. Oh, well, you got that before that. To next week when yeah. the wall comes down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <or> tomorrow. Because <laughs> yeah. at the moment what's happened again is now he wakes up, he stands up and he's back to mama, mama, <laughs> mama, mama. And he's just, it's actually quite impressive how he keeps the same tone and loudness every time and it doesn't sound like he breathes in between like it's like an actual alarm clock yeah um and a sound I would not choose you yeah know? I couldn't imagine waking up to that seriously give me banana pancakes like any day as in the what? song there's a song called banana like, pancakes what? being woken up and someone like slapping you with a little pancake and <laughs> Josh just being like hey Steph wake up I realized as soon as I said the title of that song, like this will mean nothing to people who don't know what this song. Is. I just imagined banana pancakes. A little pancake. <laughs> just like tapping on your forehead. No, it's Jack Johnson banana pancakes. Gotcha. Anyway, that is Can my Can you sing it for us? Um we making banana pancakes for turn of the weekend now. 
beautiful. And we can pretend it all the time. <laughs> anyway, the reason I bring it up is that is my chosen alarm. Yeah, okay. You know, from my phone. Yep, from putting yep, my alarm. Yep. Anyway, so now he's up to screaming and standing, but the other day I had I'd zipped him up at the front and he's back now to taking it off, mm. climbing out of the cot and coming down the stairs. So yep. I'm kind of happy with this middle ground, but then Josh has made me feel really guilty about it because he's like, oh, what about, you know, in a couple of days when he suddenly is climbing out and his foot gets stuck and it'll be because of you oh. that he, like, gets injured. Oh. I was like, because I'm choosing not to zip on his suit backwards because he's not going to try and climb out with when he's in this suit. Like, yeah. it's not physically possible. Yeah. But Josh thinks he's going to climb out, have the suit on, get stuck. Or, like, have himself. it half off or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, anyway, we're back into this, like, in-between phase. Anyway, I, I, I just feel like we're prolonging something that's going to have to happen. Mm. Oh, that, but that's, that's normal. the update. <laughs> but that's normal. Like people prolong things that they know. Like po- yeah. um, I was going to say potty training. <laughs> Where am I? Oh, it's he's so far from that. Toilet he's gone training. backwards in that. Yeah, but as in like there's yeah. there's so many things that people totally. would naturally just put off because it's Absolutely. like, oh, yeah, that's a future me's problem. That's fair. I do that with it's like my... when I spoke to Luca and Kate from Boob to Food and I was like, you know what? I'm still sometimes when, well, not sometimes, a lot of the time we're spoon feeding him to make sure he like keeps eating because he's a toddler who gets distracted. And I felt both guilty for that, but also accepted by him. So it was great. But it's something I've been, anyway, point is it's something I'm prolonging and that is the update of Harvey. Beautiful. So stay tuned to the next episode. Maybe he'll have a bed. It's going to be called the wall update instead of the Harvey update. Or the cage. (laughs) Okay, today's episode. I am so excited to share this episode with you. Today's guest is Rachel Maximovich. Rachel's story is quite incredible. Um, She's, first of all, she's a solo parent to her four-year-old Lenny. And the interesting part about Rachel's story is when she fell pregnant with Lenny four years ago, she was living abroad. She was living in Bali mm. and she just started dating the person, the father of Lenny. Yeah. Um, and she said that she wasn't planning on falling pregnant. Yeah. Well, she had just set up her own yeah. um, digital marketing agency, I believe. And mm. yeah, like setting up in Bali, I have a friend going through that at the moment mm. and it is tough. So she mm. was like, you know, finally all yeah. set up and ready to go and yeah. then met someone and then unexpectedly fell pregnant. So I can imagine that would be the most daunting thing in the world. Oh, my God, absolutely. But also the person that she was dating um, was Balinese mm. and um, he was Hindu. And the culture is very, very different. There's, like, many differences, right? And so e- even in the fact that um, if she had wanted to go down the route of abortion, yep. that's not an option not in Bali. an yeah. option. And also I think in the Hindu culture you need to be married yeah. before you have a child. Yeah. And so obviously that, yeah. It's just like there's a lot of culture. 100%. And so in today's chat, Rach speaks a little bit about that process and that part of her story um, and how she navigated that. Um, And I actually, within the chat, recommend going to listen to her episode she did on Australian birth stories. It's a fantastic episode if you want to hear more about Rach's uh, kind of experience through birth. Yeah. I mean, she speaks about a lot of different things on that episode, but – Today we wanted to focus on her experience as a solo parent because it's come up so much in the kit community. Um, obviously when I'm on here talking about my story and what I can relate to as a mother, I cannot relate to mm. being a solo parent. And it's really important that we have guests on here with really diverse like lifestyles and experiences so that everyone feels seen and heard. And I know hearing from a solo parent has been really important to you guys. So we obviously had Marcia on the other week as well. And that was that got incredible feedback from you guys. So thank you. 
But I think you guys are going to really, really love this. And I and I can't thank you enough as well. I, I did jump into the community and ask you guys to to mm. guide me on some questions. So everything that you wanted to know, um, Rach really goes into it. And she goes into it very generously. Mm. Like it's it's really honest and raw, this conversation, which I loved. Um, so we really, really hope you enjoy this chat. Rachel, welcome to Kick Bump. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, we were just chatting offline about M. Vossi, our mutual friend. She actually was the first person who kind of linked me to uh, the memo, the article that you wrote for the memo oh, yes. yep. and that story. And that's how I got to know you first. And she just spoke so highly of you and your story is just incredible. So I've been so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. And M, yeah. We were just chatting about how much we love that girl. So she's the best. <laughs> she's the best. Best mum to have as a mate when you're a mum yourself as well. Yeah. So I would love to start with your story, wherever you feel comfortable kind of starting it off. Maybe your time in Bali would yeah. be an awesome start. Yeah, I um, I actually joked if I ever would write a book, I'd call it Eat, Pray, Pregnant. Love that. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's a great title. I was going on that sort of journey. I just um, started my own business and yeah, I kind of joke now that I was, my value at that time in my life was freedom. And I was so excited that I'd started this business that was giving me access to this dream life. And live in Bali. I feel like that's so many Aussies dreams. I wanted to do that for a period. Yeah. So I was doing that. I was surfing every day. I was eating out breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, And yeah, did meet someone while I was there. And yeah, I think we were about four months into a relationship, so pretty early on mm. when I fell pregnant. So not planned at all. To be honest, for a long time there, I actually wasn't sure if I even wanted to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, I saw some interesting healer person while I was in Bali and yeah, she just said, if you don't change what your priorities are, you'll never have kids. And yeah. it really scared me. It was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, like, Actually, maybe I do want them. Maybe I do want them. So, yeah, I think that was about a month before I fell pregnant. So, um, yeah, so fell pregnant and, yeah, I've got to admit when you're in a very early relationship, Mm. he is Hindu Balinese. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, there's some complications that come with culture. Yeah. Um, I was in another country. I didn't have my friends and family around. So it was not that moment where you look at the stick and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. It was like, shit, like, what have I done? Mm. (laughs) So it wasn't that sort of euphoric moment. It was like, oh, my goodness, like, how can I get out of this? And I just remember thinking it's pretend. Like, Mm. I don't know if that's normal for anyone else, Mm. even if you're wanting that. But I just remember being like, maybe tomorrow it'll go away. Like, Yeah, or you need to do multiple tests. Yeah. (laughs) And I kept doing the multiple tests and it kept coming up, but I kept being like, no, no, like maybe it'll just not, it's not real. Like it's not, Mm. um, I think day two, I was like, oh gosh, I think this is pretty real. Mm. I think I knew very early on the challenges that were presenting so early on that I just knew I was going to be on my own. I had a gut feeling about how things were eventuating with the challenges within the culture. And even the moment I found out I was pregnant, I was just like, all I wanted to do was to be home. Like, mm. even I've got a dog. I'm actually going to probably cry talking about my dog, which Aww. is wild. Just being around, like, my comfort. So yeah. I was just like, I just need to be back there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I did. I went back home and, yeah, that's sort of where the relationship breakdown happened and then that's when it was really the reality of, mm. like, I'm on my own. 
Um, and, you know, I talk about this a lot. It's like when you're solo from the beginning, it's like the isolation begins so early. It's like the minute you're having conversations and just telling people you're pregnant, mm. again, it's the same as peeing on the stick. People aren't like, woohoo, oh my gosh. Mm. People don't even know how to respond. They're like, oh shit, like yeah, I'm so sorry see, for yeah. you. Oh no. It just, from those conversations, it's already this like heaviness. Mm. And then you add in doing all of these meant to be beautiful things like shopping for the baby and going to scans and like everything just feels like, oh, like it's not meant to be like this. So that was those early days. That's a lot. So when you found out you were pregnant, who did you tell first? Friends that were in Bali at the time. Mm -hmm. I told a couple of friends. I actually, I have the text chain between me and my sister Mm. and we talk like rubbish to each other and (laughs) I don't want to like swear heaps, but I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm to. pregnant. And she's like, shut up. I'm like, I'm not shutting up. She's like, no, shut up. And I'm like, no, I'm not shutting up. This yeah. is legit. So I told yeah, my sister and a couple of friends and I think we were all just like, oh my goodness, mm. like what, you know, what's the deal here? But yeah, I had positive conversations. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And what, I suppose, was it like an inkling, what made you decide to keep the baby? Yeah, that's such a good question because I've thought about this a lot. Mm. He's here now and yeah. I look at him and, and I'm like, imagine. oh, my goodness, yeah. like it makes so yeah. much sense. But if a fr- if the roles are reversed and it was a friend, I'd probably be having that conversation where I'd be like, oh, like, have you Consider, thought about this? Yeah. Um, and I did. I thought about it, but it was for the most split moment. Yeah. I guess you can say now when I look at Lenny, Maybe that's why. But yeah. there was just something intuitively that yeah. was like for whatever reason – even though it wasn't planned, I'm going to have planned. this baby. I'm having this baby. Mm. And there's also a bit of like, is like naivety the right word? Like yeah. you you would know yeah, even in a relationship, like people tell you how hard it's going to be, but no one, like there's nothing <laughs> anyone could say <laughs> that could prepare you. Yeah. And it was the same with single parenting. People were like, you're going to have no time. You're mm. going to struggle and meet someone. Like you know that, but once you're in the reality, you don't get the bigness of it until you're in it. So there was probably also this like, oh, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. What's the worst it could be? We'll we'll make it work. And then obviously reality hits and there's different challenges. But Yeah. So I know you said from a pretty early state you felt as though you might be doing it alone, as yeah. in that you would end up solo parenting. What was the point where you were where you were sure? Um just culturally, that's yeah. where our biggest challenges were. So you know, when you fall pregnant over there, there's sort of, I guess, yeah, rules and steps yep. that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of clashes that I guess we were having yeah. in terms of things that I was really happy to negotiate to stay a family unit and things that were like, oh no, like this is my life too. Yep. And as much as I want to facilitate as much as I can, you've also chosen to be with a Western woman. And so I have mm. things and needs. So I guess the moment I probably knew was when I was in the relationship still and still felt alone. Yeah. And I think there's probably lots of women that that do hear that and I do speak to lots of women that are in relationships and they're like, I feel like I'm there already and that makes me super sad because Mm. it's, I think it would almost be lonelier sitting in a house with someone next to you and knowing that it's all on you as well. I Mm. think there's a deeper loneliness that comes with that. So, yeah, I think that was the moment where I'm like, you know what, I'm actually alone already Mm. so there is still happiness to be found outside of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's just, I mean, there's so much strength in, in that anyway. Um, thank you for sharing that. 
And you've shared your birth story with Australian Birth Stories. I yeah. loved that episode and I highly recommend anyone who wants to go listen, um, I suppose, for a little bit more detail on your birth story to listen to that episode. Yeah. But I'd love to know, I think, going through 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 birth myself and um, knowing the aftermath of it all, how was that kind of postpartum period for you? Um, I talked about this a bit on on the podcast. I was very particular about the birth that I wanted and I did get that and I'm so grateful for that. I think I knew, I, I almost had this feeling like I need that birth because I knew the strength it would give me. Mm. So I'm so grateful I had that because I left my birth and I felt like I could have taken on the world. Yeah. Like no one could have stopped That's me. That's really nice. And I knew that I would get that. So I did feel empowered from my birth. I felt so strong and I felt so ready and prepared to step into that space. I think for any mum, those first few days are a whirlwind mm -hmm. and you do have lots of people around. And then it's sort of like this moment where then people disappear yeah. and life becomes normal. And you're just in your normal house. You're, you're in your normal, normal house. <laughs> and I honestly, to be honest, I think the first year I was running off of like a hazy adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Um one thing that I, I talk about a lot in my experience that I'm still navigating, I don't have it figured out, is just like the deep loneliness and mm. isolation. Um, when you're sitting at home by yourself mm. from the minute you wake up mm. to the minute you go to bed, um, you know, every nappy change, every feed, every emotional breakdown, every meal, Every everything, and then on top of that, you're also having to financially like yeah, work course. and provide. It's it's huge. Um, so yeah, the first year, I think there was a lot of. I think I had a moment where I was like, I just resigned. You know, I, I'm someone that does have big dreams and yeah. visions. I think I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I think we're gonna have to park a lot of life right now. Um, one day I hope that will come back. But for now, let's just survive this. And yeah, survive and persevere. <laughs> let's survive this. So, you know, I literally bought, like, I joke, I bought this, like, the ugliest nursing chair you've ever seen. I'm like, I'm going to sit my ass in this chair. And I was really committed to breastfeeding. I was like, this is where we're at. And, mm. gosh, I imprinted my ass on that seat. Like, there was a there was a hole. But I literally did. I, I sat for hours upon end and... It's very lonely and, you know, when you're feeding in the middle of the night and there's no one there, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, even if they didn't do anything, yeah, even if they were just sitting next to me in that bed and I knew in that moment there was someone that was there, yeah, that's, that would have been everything. Oh. But they were sort of like, and I guess how I sort of navigated that, the moments in the middle of the night where you're like, I literally feel like the only person on the planet right now. But I just would go back and be like, there are probably women in homes that are not safe yeah. or not comfortable. And I'm like, I've got a home. I feel safe. I'm warm. It's okay. Yeah. There are other people that are isolated too. I'm, I'm not the only one. But it, I get it. It does really feel like it sometimes. Yeah. I think you can simultaneously feel grateful and yeah. shit at the same time. That is 100%. motherhood in a, in a sentence. Yeah. Um, but I can only imagine, and I think that was one question that kept coming up from the community as that yeah. we were so excited to hear from you was basically when you are having those moments and maybe it was in the first year and I'm sure it still happens now. I mean, Harvey's two, yeah. not sure what four is like, but yeah. where you just need to tap out 
Yeah. You know, and I know you, you've spoken before. Um, I would love you to chat to um, your village, like anyone that helps yeah. out. But also you, you live alone with your yeah. son. So there is many times that they're not there and they yeah. can't be there in a second. And I've had my moments where I've hit my threshold mm-hmm. and I it's almost like I speak to the baby monitor and I'm like, Josh, you need I need you. Jump in. B- before yeah. I do something like scream, yeah. which I will regret or whatever. Yeah. So just when you're in those moments, like what? What do you do? And I mean, obviously, we've all had moments where we do end up screaming. The threshold is hit. Totally. And like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, just how do you get through that? I don't know. (laughs) There is an element. I actually very early on also spoke to single mums that were single mums 20 years ago Mm because I'd be like, how did you guys do it? We live in a world now (laughs) where we get communication and all of this input Mm -hmm. and information. There is an element where you just do it. And when you have no other choice, you survive and you figure it out. So there is an element where I think naturally it just becomes built in you that you are just this little survivor mm-hmm. and you you figure it out. In terms of like emotionally, I've had to do a lot of work within myself and invest a lot within myself and I'm not perfect. Um, no one is. No one is. I fly off the handle more times than I probably like. And one thing that if if anything I can teach Lenny or show Lenny is that I will stuff it up and I'm doing my best and to apologize when I fly off the handle, but it does happen. Mm, um, when you can't actually physically take a break, yeah, th- there is no option and that is the challenge. Mm. I do have incredible community, but like you know, when yeah. a lot of them are mums themselves, you can't just lives. call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't just call people up. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is just calling a friend, but yeah, sometimes I, I do feel like it's gotten easier as Lenny's gotten older. Mm. Two, did you say Harvey's? Yeah. I, I found two the hardest. Like yeah. two was the hardest age for me. Lenny now is talking. We have full communication. There is a level of independence that just bit by bit, even the simple act of him getting in the shower by himself and turning it off gives me 10 minutes window. You know, that has gotten easier, but I definitely don't have the answers for Mm. tapping out. It's just, you just do it. Yeah. You just survive. You just survive. We're pretty incredible, I think. I mean, you're very incredible because I, I, you know, have had someone to tap out for me. But like, I think it is just that really interesting. Do you ever kind of just sit and where I'm getting to is like, sometimes I sit and sometimes I feel really shit about myself, but then other times I sit and I'm like, fuck, I'm doing a good job. Like yeah. when you do kind of persevere and you do push through it, it is also an incredibly rewarding feeling. Yeah. Or when you have their love and their yeah. joy and you get through a moment of hard with them, there's something really special about that too. For sure. I think unfortunately the nature is also that you can be quite hard on yourself. Yeah. And Yes, like like you said, you realise very quickly how resilient we all are mm. when you're in those moments. But it is also very natural to be hard on yourself yeah. because while I might be nailing parenting that day, I might be really struggling with my finances that yeah, week. Something's got to give. Something's, <laughs> something's there and you think, oh, shit, I could be doing that better mm. and making that easier for us. So there is an element where I do often look at Lenny and I think, holy shit, like mm. he... He is a thriving, happy, loving little boy. And I look at him and I think this is so doable on your own and you can do it. But on the flip side of that, as much as I can say I'm living proof of that, I also don't think it's the way to do it. And I don't think it's natural. 
And it's not meant to be done on your own. It's not meant to be done in isolation. And more than surviving, mm. I have elements of thriving, but yeah. there could be a lot more. more. Yeah. And I would love to be in a position where I could sit here and say, I know not everyone thrives all the time, but yeah. where I'm living in a in a state of constant, you know? So, yeah. That's fair. That's very, thank you. For, that's like very open of you to share. And I think, um, I think a lot of people will really appreciate your honesty in that as well, yeah. because it's not, we don't ever want to kind of put something out there that's just like glorifies or glosses over the hard yeah. facts about some things. Yeah. That th- it is more difficult. Yeah. I found it really interesting. Something that did come up in the conversation within the community was almost like the flip side of one thing that does come up in um, relationships, um, you know, when you're both kind of balancing parenting, especially in new ones where you're you're learning which decisions and directions to take, what yep. feels right for you and your family. There's a lot of discussions because you don't always mm-hmm. have the same idea or the same opinion on things. Is it somewhat liberating being mm-hmm. able to have like full control or make those yeah. decisions just by yourself? Yeah. I do talk about like silver linings mm. to the experience and I think almost you have to to yeah. like, yeah. Take you it. know, and I have taken those and I've run with them. I I have I surprised myself in that I do have quite strong beliefs about certain, like many do, mm. but in terms of how I wanted to raise him, I didn't realize what it would be like until I was in it because I wasn't planning to fall pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't thought about so much of this stuff until I was in it, and then I it surprised me that these feelings that I had, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is not what I thought it would be like. So. Thank goodness, because I have got to do it like that. And I have been able to move around a lot. And, you know, like you just said about communicating honestly, I think sometimes I've been really conscious about how I share about my life. But I do think like anything, when you look at Instagram, when you look at Mm. socials, I think people think I'm just having a great old time all the time. (laughs) I've traveled a lot. I lived in Byron for a year. I can be wherever I want. Um, I do try my best to share the realities of it, but I can be where I want. I can pack up my bags tomorrow and say, I'm going to go live in Byron for a year. I love that. I love that about my life. And I love that flexibility. I love that I get to, I guess, minimize the stress of those conversations. I know that there are women that co-parent and Mm. that adds a huge layer of stress and Mm. complexity to that relationship. I feel really grateful that that's not my experience. On the other hand, I'd kill for a weekend off every fortnight. Yeah. So yeah. it's every experience. Every has experience its, yep. has its own positives and challenges. And I think, you know, from my experience, I've tried really hard to hold on to those things that I feel so grateful for mm. because I have to. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think something that I speak a lot to is that um, a mental and emotional juggle of life, right? As mm-hmm. a mom as someone who's working as someone who's just like trying to also prioritize time for themselves and I have someone in my family to share that load with yeah how do you go with the juggle because you have you have all those same things like you gotta look after your health you you know gotta bring in the finances you've got all the same bills look at all that sort of stuff that's all still on you yeah do you have any coping mechanisms or anything when when things are overwhelming or feeling like a lot what is something that you do I think very early on, I had to work out what my priorities were and what my values were at the time. Mm -hmm. So like I said early on, um, the season of life that I'm in is mothering. And yes, I have to work to 
put a roof over our yeah. heads. Yeah. But, you know, I have had to get very creative in my circumstances with trialing different ways of doing it. I've had an au pair before. I've had someone that lived rent free in exchange of yeah. childcare. I've I've had to navigate all of these different mm. ideas and tricks and things yeah. just to try and figure it out. Mm. But at the end of it, it's been like right now, unfortunately, I don't get a lot of time for myself. That's mm. it's not my time for that. It's probably not the time for me dating at the moment. I don't have time for that. I hope it will come. I do think it will come. Yeah. And the season of life that I'm in right now is saying, well, right now I am working just to finance. And no matter what ideas and things I'd like to be doing, I have to park that for now. I don't have the capacity. So it's sort of when I look at it like that, I sort of let go of the resentment that maybe comes with not wanting to do it all. Mm-hmm. My house, I mean, I do it the best I can. It's not perfect. It's not clean. Mm-hmm. And again, the positive is that is. I also think not having a partner at home is yeah. maybe the expectation of coming home to a clean house or having cooked meals. I do a bit of Uber Eats, you know, h- however we can survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's like it's not perfect and I do the best that I can. You and don't feel like someone else is I don't you know, feel putting like that it, on you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yeah, wow. And so tell me what like a week with you and Lenny is like then. Where are you at right now? So he has just started daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only for six hours a week, so it's not a lot, but mm-hmm. it is amazing what, what that has done for me. <laughs> um, it's funny. At the beginning, I was like, I am not working in that time. I'm going <laughs> to use it just for me. And, of course, I'm working. So, yeah, it's just even the simple thing of, like, sitting at a cafe working and feeling like like one of the things that I do find really challenging is, yes, I'm a mum and I think – regardless if you're partnered a lot, there's a big identity shift that comes with being a mum. Oh, for sure. But I'm also a single 32-year-old mm-hmm. and I would love to exist more in that space, but I don't get a lot of opportunity to. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just that feeling of being by myself and being alone and sort of feeling like I'm back in that sort of maiden feeling. It just feels good. But mm-hmm. yeah, I generally work and yeah, otherwise... You know, Lenny has been very adjusted to following me around everywhere and just blending in with with my life. I feel like he's a pretty blessed little boy. Like I said, we've moved around a lot. I spent a year in Byron Bay. Sometimes I look at him and I'm like, I think he's got a pretty warped idea of reality because of the experiences that he's had. We were caravanning around in Queensland together. Like I, I just Why look not? at him sometimes and I'm like, what a cool mm. way. So like, yes. He is missing something and there is an element of his childhood that's different, but I don't think he experiences life like that. He mm. he has a pretty full, fun life and we're surrounded by so many people and mm. I've got an amazing community. I call them Lenny's aunties and yeah. he's around lots of women. Um, but, yeah, day to day it, it looks different and we're out and about a lot. And, yeah, he's also around me working all the time. Like He jokes like, oh, is this a call for mummy? Like, it's a work call and that's great. It's just become the norm. He's he's adjusted to that. Yeah. I think pretty well. But I think that's awesome and I think what we do is we put way too much pressure on ourselves because we know as adults and we've got the lived experience, we know there is lots of different situations and lots of different ways that you can go about life. Yeah. And that people can be brought up and you know there's so many variants, right? As a kid, this is all he knows. 100%. So, whilst you might be thinking it's different 
um, or it's unique. Right now it's all he knows and I'm sure it's it sounds incredible. It sounds yeah. like you're doing a fantastic job. So I think that's something that we all do though. We For all sure. compare yeah. without realising that they're not doing that. We oh. don't need to worry about that. And right I think now. we think we've got to be like entertaining them on <laughs> yeah. the regular. And it's like, actually, I think he's just pretty stoked to be around. Yeah. And yeah. even like, for example, I go to the Cairo once a week. He loves it. He chats to them. And it's like, it's part of it's an activity. It's an activity. Whereas yeah. we think going to the Cairo and sitting in, but it, it becomes a, a thing. So yeah, I've, I mean, I must admit, I found parenting a lot easier living in Byron um, when you're at the beach in the middle of winter. Yeah. Parenting's a lot easier, yeah. but um, we're adjusting to to this, mm-hmm. but yeah. Is this where your family is? My family's in Adelaide. Okay. So I am without family. Yeah, okay. um, what brought you to Melbourne? Uh, so I lived in Melbourne prior yeah. to Bali. Oh, cool. So I lived there for about six, here for about six years. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like home, yeah, um, I unfortunately. I, it would <laughs> make my life a lot easier if I had my mum and dad and, yeah. and family yeah. to jump in of course but unfortunately just my lifestyle and where I feel at home is is here yeah yeah to finish off Rach I would love to ask um a lot of people wanted to know because they might have a friend or family member who's going through something similar and going through it solo what are different ways that you felt supported and what you appreciated more than anything from your friends and family so I think one thing I think people don't know how to help you and I get it. I think a lot of people want to help, but they just don't know how. Mm. I think sometimes it's just, and I hope Emma doesn't mind me uh, using this example, but she helps me out a lot. She's amazing. (laughs) And I had a conversation with her recently and I was like, I'd love to help you out too. Like, I don't want this just to be one-sided. You know, how can I help you? And we ended up just having this really beautiful conversation where I assumed that maybe helping her with her child and taking mm. one away and you just think you know mm. how the reality is. So for me, most people would offer to take Lenny away from me as help. Mm. And what I try and explain is my biggest challenge in my life is the loneliness and isolation. So actually hang out with me. Yeah. Let me join in that. on your family stuff. So I think it's have a conversation and actually ask them what works for them. Mm-hmm. What I learned in my conversation with M is that actually not taking her child away. She said to me, um, look, Rach, I actually really struggle to get out the door with two kids. I want to be outside and having another pair of hands around would help. So maybe we go, oh my gosh, mm. of course, easy, done. And in that conversation, we both knew how we could show up for each other. Mm. And so I think just having really frank conversations and asking them how it would be for them. And then I guess just checking in. I think um, I've had friends' conversations lately where they're like, we see you as this strong, resilient person and we forget, we actually forget that you probably have all of these challenges. So I think just checking in. um, And then I guess on the flip side, if you are a single mum or if you are a solo mum, ask for help. Yeah, It's so hard to do. It's taken me four bloody years to do it, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I don't know what it is. If it's a pride thing, you you feel like Probably. you've got to figure it out yourself. I know, especially for me, it's like I know other people's lives are busy. I don't want to be that girl that always needs help all the time or is that burden on that family. I think there's probably a couple of families that I've had to rely on quite a lot mm. and I feel sometimes heavy about that. But I just recently created a group chat 
Emma's included. She was actually the one that suggested it. Of course she did. But I was literally just thinking in my mind, I want to add you to our group chat. <laughs> yeah, please do. But um, yeah, we, we I created a group chat and I now have people that are creating a roster where they have Lenny for a night so that I have a future of time away. And I never thought I would have been able to do that. Like when that idea was suggested to me, I thought how ridiculous. I would never ask people to do that. That is too much. But ask for help yeah. and tell people what you need and create group chats. And if you don't have that community now, go and find it. There are people out there. I met Em, this this beautiful person we're talking about. I've known her for about four months yeah. and she's a huge part of my life. So connect with single mums. They will be your lifeline. Mm. They get it. They're the people that you can call at the last minute because they know you've got no one else if you're calling at that point. Um, I have had single mums that have been my lifeline. Mm. It's not too late to create that community if you don't have it now. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I think that was fantastic advice. And I think that the biggest thing I took, I think not assuming that you know what that person needs, yeah. I think is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Even though I have a village and I have people that help me, the one thing that is often assumed is that I even still might want time um away by myself or yep. to go do this or go out for drinks with the girls and stuff yep. like that. Because I work Monday to Friday and often like weekends and stuff yeah. as well, um, all I want is time with Harvey. Yeah. You know, and I mean, time with Josh too. I'm actually going tonight, we're going to go stay away and mum's looking after Harvey oh, for the night. Beautiful. And it is very needed. Like yes. that is also really important. Yep. But outside of that, all I want is time with Harvey. It's like, mm -hmm. I just need that time so whatever any other piece of help that could take something else so that yes. I get more time with him that is that's where you need support. yeah whereas most yeah. people assume maybe because I'm a mum and unfortunately yeah. in heterosexual relationships more often than not it's a mum that needs the break yeah. um in our relationship it's different and so yeah. when people offer to take Harvey from me I'm like oh no I no don't yeah <laughs> yeah so it's so true you just never know yeah and I think that's such beautiful advice and I just I can't thank you enough and yeah I'm, I'm gonna add you to our whatsapp group <laughs> I think it's just you just I hope you feel really really proud of yourself um, thank you it's amazing what you're doing and um, from what I've heard you're doing an incredible job so thank you Lenny's very lucky thank you <laughs> well I hope you guys enjoyed that episode if you would like to get involved with the kick pod or kick bump pod you can by going to our Instagram at kick pod and sending us a voice note or writing in a DNM. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mother's group, we like to call it, our Kick Bump Facebook community is for you. There is so much in there, encouragements of finding your journey again after having a baby or questions during pregnancy. It's a virtual mother's group of love and support and you are so welcome. So you can find us there. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can go to our website, kickapp.com, or you can find us on the Apple Store and Google Play Store where we have a seven-day free trial. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.